Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight? Soccer dude, rockin' America. He doesn't know soccer, but he's gonna talk about soccer dude, rockin' America. Tactical analysis. Transfer news. Unlikely. Hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right. Soccer noob, rock in America. Soccer noob, rock in America. Featuring person Talking about soccer lots. Hello, Noob Bites. This is me, Person Noob from Soccer Noob Rock in America, featuring Person Noob. Now, I'm here to say for both me and Soccer Noob, thank you for listening to our show, and please stay tuned for for some awesome reviews. Match number one! No matches were quite sparkly enough to catch our attention on Friday and make the cut for the final 10 made matches. So we start our track this episode on Saturday. Match number one comes from the second division in Mexico, the Liga de Expansión. They're in their Clausura stage or second stage of the year, second full separate half season. The regular season is done. They have been doing their playoffs, and those playoffs have reached their final. More than that, they have reached the second leg of their home and away two-legged tie. This is the third year that the league has existed under this name. It replaced the Ascenso MX. They're trying to just add some financial stability to this league and decided to rebrand it in the process. Uh, While they try to make this stable, by the way, there is no promotion out of the league into Liga MX until at least the 2026-27 season. 12 of the 13 top teams from the regular season got to enter the playoffs. The first eight basically all played a play-in game to get into the final bracket with the other four. Now, before we move into the matchup, a quick note. The Liga MX playoffs are also in full swing. They're not quite as far along, and I decided not to do two matches from the same country this particular time around. This is not the higher league, but this is the higher stakes match. And that's what we're always looking for. This is when the final is going to you know, produce a trophy for somebody. All right, with that out of the way, your matchup is a second place for the regular season in the Clausura stage, Tapatio, and they are playing host to number four, Atletico Morelia. The first leg of the home and away tie, it was Tapatio, that got the road win one to two. Tapatio finished one point ahead of Morelia in the regular season, by the way, and six points behind the regular season champions, Celaya. They're a real regular power in this league as well. Uh, when they played in the regular season, it was Morelia that won, and it was at their place. They won two to nil. The series between these two, Morelia has a three, one, and two slide advantage. You can catch this on Saturday, four o'clock Eastern time in the U.S. on a Spanish language streaming service, VIX. Now, as is our convention, we will talk about the home team first. Tapatio, I believe this is because there's a uh, real famous image of the Virgin Mary somewhere in this area. The team is known as the Sacred Flock. 
I love unique nicknames. Already, I feel like I could be a, a Tapatio fan. The club was founded in 1973 as a reserve team of Liga MX side Guadalajara. It got dissolved, though, in 2009 and it replaced with a different team. But that team got <laughs> got dissolved in 2019. And so uh, they reformed in 2020, uh, Tapatio did. And they are now, I believe, still having a relationship with Guadalajara. In fact, I know they play in the same stadium, the Stadio Akron or Akron, spelled like Akron, Ohio. The town they actually play in is sort of a suburb, but it's the second biggest city in the state. And that is Zapopan. It's almost the same size as Guadalajara, actually. Now, footy-wise... This team, they have won the second division title one time. That was back in 2003. So it would really be something for them to get back into the winner's circle. Here in the 2022-23 season in the Apertura stage, the first or opening stage, they only finished in ninth place, and they went out in that first play-in round of the playoffs. This stage... They really ramped things up on offense. They were number one in that regard. They were the only team to get up to 30 goals in the 17-match stage. Uh, They were only number eight on defense, but things are packed pretty tightly in that particular statistical regard because they were only giving up a little bit over one goal per match and did end up having the regular season uh, second-best goal differential. Key player to look for, uh, team's top scorer with eight goals, Jose Gonzalez, he plays center forward for them, and he's actually been with the uh, quote-unquote senior club, Guadalajara, a couple different times in his career. They advanced to the final, by the way, beating Atlante, another regular powerhouse in this league, 1-0 on aggregate, real low scoring. The previous round was interesting and tells us a little something interesting about how they do things in Mexico. They were playing uh, Tlaxcala, and they tied 3-3 at the end of the two matches of the home and away two-legged tie. But rather than going to penalty kicks or anything like that, Tapatio automatically advanced because they were the higher seed. It is up to the other team that has the lower seed to actually full-on beat them without the aid of penalty kicks. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I do like different at the very least. And now Atletico Morelia, they are known as the Canaries. Now, the club that was in Morelia moved to Mazatlan in 2020. That team is considered a new team, and I believe they play in Liga MX. So this newly formed team actually carries all the historical records under the name Morelia. The team's only Division I trophy, Liga MX, was back in 2000. Twice they have finished in second place in the CONCACAF Champions League, despite that, uh, the 2002 and then also the 2003 seasons. This league year, 2022-23, the Apertura stage, they finished in sixth place in the regular season. And just like Tapatio, they went out in the first round. Their offense is not much to speak of. They get less than a, a one and a quarter goals per match. And they were very much below average for the entire league. But they had a top four defense, only giving up three quarters of a goal and change on average per match. The goal differential was pretty good. They were in the top six. Uh, Tapatio is definitely your favorite coming in, and all they have to do is really defend their home field reasonably well. They've got a distinct advantage there. Nevertheless, for Morelia, key leading player for them, team leading scorer with eight goals on the season is Brian Mendoza, Mexican center forward, who started his career with Liga MX side UANL. 
We also have USA Connection here. I didn't really find out much of anything about him, but they do have a player who officially lists as being from the USA or eligible to rep for them at the national team level, level and that is Manuel Lopez. They advanced last round over Giants Salaya 4-2 to two on aggregate, so they did find a little bit of offense after all. Match number B. Thank you for your weekly reminder, daughter dearest, that the phrase number B, let's face it, it's bathroom talk. You don't want to be a potty mouth. Be fit for civilized society. Replace that phrase in your life with number B. Listen to it in action right now. See what you think. Match number B comes to us from the German Bundesliga, the top flight there. This is the second week in a row they're visit- we're visiting there because there's a good race both for the title as well as for the last one or maybe even two Champions League bursts. Because this is a top three league, the top four teams will all get to go to next year's Champions League. But there are five or six teams that are in the running for it, even with just two matches left in the season. The match we're going to look at is number one, Bayern Munich. They are playing host to number three, RB Leipzig. The table, Bayern, they have 68 points, and Borussia Dortmund have 67. These are your two title contenders. They're both going to the Champions League, but obviously they want the bragging rights. Now, Red Bull Leipzig, they're at 60. Union Berlin are at 59, and Freiburg are at 56. So this is a really important game as well for them, because if they don't get any points here, Freiburg could close some ground, and Union Berlin could even pass them. It would behoove Leipzig to get at least a point here on the road, tall as that task may be. When they played in Leipzig earlier this season, They managed a 1-1 draw against Bayern at home. The series, as you would imagine, has largely been in favor of Bayern Munich. They've been dominating for a decade. 9-6-1 in their last 16 matches is Bayern's record against Red Bull. Bayern, as I mentioned, 10 straight league titles, and they've won 32 overall. They've even won six Champions League titles, and the last one wasn't that far back, 2019-2020. This year, oh, so many strengths. Uh, number one offense, getting uh, two and three quarters goals per match. Tied for the number one defense, giving up a little bit over one goal per match. This is one of the higher scoring leagues in all of Europe, and definitely the highest scoring one overall. Uh, in terms of the best leagues in Europe. They've got the number one goal differential by a factor of 50%, by the way, as well. There are a lot of key players to look for, but the ones I'd like you to keep an eye open for if you're watching this on television, tied for second best in assists with 10 on the air is Jamal Musiala. He also is number three in goals plus assists on the year, and he's been here his entire career, so he knows the system. But the league's best most valuable player has been Joshua Kimmich, their German defensive midfielder, not entirely defensive. The guy's got five goals, six assists. Taking a look at his statistics, he is all over the field and gets it done everywhere. The only weakness I could find is that he's not that great at heading his clearances. He's only five foot nine, which even in soccer terms on the defensive side is a little bit on the short side. But effectively, this guy just does it all. He actually played for Red Bull, but long enough back, I don't think it'd be a real advantage for them, uh, 2013 through 15. Another player that I don't think is getting enough talk, tied for number one in accurate passes. You expect this from this position, but this is still really impressive. Diet up a Meccano. He is a French player. He plays center back for them, and he's number one in the league in that regard. He actually also played for Red Bull from 2017 through 21. Seems like they've served as something of a farm team for Bayern, but then again, maybe everybody has. 
Team's current form, Bayern have won three straight with a most impressive 10-1 to goal differential. And now, RB Leipzig, what do they have going for them that uh, can make us think they could pull off a point here? Young club, founded in just 2009, already twice they have been runners-up in the league. 2020-2021 was the more recent, and they've made the finals of the Champions League already. That was the year before, 2019-2020. So this is a team that is used to these somewhat rarefied airs. Last year, they finished in fourth place. This year, very well balanced. Number three on offense, number three defense. Same for the goal differential. Key players to look for. Uh, they've got an equally good center back, really young fella. Croatian is just 21 years old. Second best in accurate passes per game is Jasko uh, Gavardiol. Goodness knows if I'm getting that right or not. My Croatian is not strong. Um, he has already been linked at his young age to a couple of moves. Real Madrid are interested, but I think Man City are in the driver's seat for him. And then an offensive player who doesn't add a lot in terms of goals and assists. He's only got one at each, but he is excellent at getting the ball back from his opponents. Possessions won in the final third per game. Uh, Yusuf Polson is your guy in the Bundesliga, and he knows the system well here. He's been with this club since 2013. But their most valuable player has been Dominic Soboslai, their Hungarian right winger, 22 years old, five goals, eight assists, good dribbler, tackler, great with his crossing. He's been linked to a couple of Premier League sides and top ones at that, Chelsea and new power in England, Newcastle. Team's current form, they've won four straight across all competitions with a 9-2 and two goal differential. Match number three. Lots more Saturday action still to come. That's the case with match number three, as we're going to take a quick look at the Premier League of Kazakhstan. They have the 30th ranked league in the world there, so just a little bit below average for Europe. Because of that, only their winner will get to go to the Champions League, and they will have to start all the way back in the first qualifying round. Uh, they will also send their next two best teams to the Europa Conference League, the relatively new third-best tournament in Europe, and they'll have to start equally far back. They're only about a third of the way through the season. This is where one of Europe's quote-unquote summer leagues, end quote. We never ignore a league that's at least a few matches in, and they are tied at the top, and that is the case here. Number one, excuse me, number B, FC Astana versus number one, uh, Kisilsar Petropavlovsk. I might have done better with that than I thought I was going to. I think I'll call them KB from here, KP from here on out. Uh, KP lead Astana by four on goal differential. But because it's early in the season over there, we'll get some more chances as the uh, uh, summer comes into full swing to learn about these teams or whoever happens to be on top of the league. So let's take a pause and try to figure out how we can learn a little money off this match by cheating. That means, yes, it is the time of show where we turn to 3,500-year-old prognosticator Noob Stradamus for a drug-aided or perhaps drug-addled vision. Let's see if he's at home in Greece or if he is out and about in Kazakhstan and what he has to say about the match. Greetings from the Beitarek in Astana. Tis I. When I heard you were desirous of a soccer score from here, I couldn't wait to come to the new Kazakh capital and this fabulous monument. I say new because to me the twenty-five or so years are but the blink of an eye to a wholly near immortal like myself. 
The view from this observation deck is exquisite. What a time to smoke my lotus leaf. And once again travel through space and time. Whee! My sight recedes. And then I wake in the vision. I remain high in the air, but now in an impossibly huge poplar tree. No surprise, given that's what Baterak means. Suddenly, a near blinding light streaks towards me. It's the mythical Samrook. Think Phoenix. And the light source is the egg it carries, which is also somehow also the sun. Stories say this happened every year, the placing of this egg in the Tree of Life. All good and fine, but I'm going to be burned to a crisp! Only a vision, only a vision, only a vision, I can wake up, I can wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up! Blessedly, I snap too. But yow! I wake back in the real world to find myself with a third degree sunburn. Visions aren't supposed to work like this. What a bunch of puppycock! A soccer score? The team from here, FC Astana. Yes, they'll lose. Zero to fourteen. This sucked. I've seen, I've spoken, and now I search aloe. Match number four! That sounded like a rage prediction. I'm not sure that came from the quote-unquote universal infinite that he's usually touching. Wow. Well, that was rich. That was enlightening. And we thank you, Noobstradamus, for all of your efforts. Uh, sorry about the sunburn. Match number four. Let's move on. In fact, let's get far away. Let's go to the continent of Africa. They are late in their Champions League right now. They have reached the semifinal. Second leg of the home and away, two-legged tie. The home team for this one is a team we had last week in one of our bonus matches from their league play, Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa, and they are taking on Team Noob favorite Wadad AC out of Morocco. The first leg ended nil-nil. The winner is going to get to play Esperance de Tunis, or far more likely because they win the first game, uh, nil-three, um, Al Ali, your standard African power out of Cairo. Series between these two teams is pretty even. Uh, it's wide out of the head, a slight advantage, accruing a 4-4-3 and three record. You can catch this one on TV, 9 a.m. Eastern Time in the U.S. on BN Sports. Mamelodi Sundowns, let's talk a little bit about them again. I've uh, unearthed a couple new facts to introduce you to since last week. Uh, I mentioned last week because of their kind of tiki-taka style that their nickname for it uh, and for the club is Shoeshine and Piano, which I think is really cool. But you've heard of their national team being called Bafana Bafana in South Africa. Well, this club's name is Bafana Ba Style. Yeah, S-T-Y-L-E, English. Love it. Now, Mamelodi is um, a township within the municipality of the city of uh, Tishwane, but I love the name Mamelodi. It means mother of melodies. I didn't go deep enough down the internet rabbit hole to learn why, but you know, I just think that's a beautiful name. 
This team has won one Champions League title already. That was in 2016. And they've won their domestic league, the Premier Division in South Africa, six straight times. They qualified for this event once again as Premier Division champions, of course. And they entered the event proper or round of 16 as the fifth seeded team. So a little bit of parity in Africa. Good on them for getting back to the final again. They advanced to the semifinal over Algerian side C.R. Belouizdad, 6-2, dominating fashion. Tied for number one in event scoring with five goals is Peter uh, Shalulile from Namibia. He's their striker. Get to know the team a little bit better on the field. Let's look at their league stats. Uh, They are number one by 19 points this year. And their season, they've played already their last league match. Most of the teams already have one more, but obviously... Since you can only get three points in a win, they have won their league already. They have the number one offense by a mile in what is uh, a low-scoring league overall, getting one and three-quarters goals per match. They have the number one defense by a lot, even though this is a defensive-oriented league, giving up only 0.4 goals per match. Number one goal differential by a factor of 2.5. Team's current form... Uh, I don't want to say they're sliding, but they're 1-3-0 in their last four with just a 5-3 goal differential. They just had a home draw. This was the match from last week. 1-1 at last place, Maritzburg United. My guess is that they were playing a lot of uh, reserves in that particular one, but I don't know for sure. Now, I'll also point out that when it came to the group stage here in the Champions League, uh, they had some trouble on defense compared to some of the other top teams. So I think that they are not going to be bulletproof at home against Wydad. At the very least, I'm hoping not. Wydad are known as the Red Castle. This is a very nationalist club based out of Casablanca, which you will see the name Wydad Casablanca online in some places, but they actually try to not identify just with the city. They don't make it an official part of their name. This is a club that was largely formed as sort of an anti-colonial gesture, if you will. And so they see themselves as a club for all of Morocco. They qualified two different teams. Two different ways, rather. They won their top flight, the Batola Pro, last year, and they are your defending champions. That was their third Champions League title, in fact. Here in the event proper, they were seated in second place, right behind all Ailey. So those two meeting in the final would really be justice. They advanced to the final last round 1-1 and then 3-4 on penalty kicks over Simba from Tanzania. That's a traditional power from there, but it's not nearly as deep of a league as some of the other places. So they really squeaked that one out against a team that I thought that they would have dominated a little bit more. Key player to look for, tied for second best in event scoring, I believe with four is Bully Sambo from Senegal. He's also number one in league play in Morocco this year with a dozen goals. This year in league play, they're currently in second place. Uh, they're well-balanced, have the second-best offense, third-best defense. It's not that high-scoring a league, only giving up three goals every four matches on average. Third-best goal differential, so they're not quite as dominant as they were in the past, but some of that might just be from a little bit of match congestion. Team's current form, they are 2-2-0 in their last four, but with just a five against four goal differential. Match number five. Still on Saturday, but we're back to Europe for a match from the era of Newly. That is the top flight in the Republic of Georgia. It's only ranked number 46 in all of UEFA for league associations, but 
The top two teams are tied, and those are automatically qualifying matches for us here at Team Noob. Now, only their champion will get to go to the Champions League. Two other teams will get to go to the Europa Conference League. And they're just over a third of the way through the season. Another one of Europe's summer leagues. Your matchup, number B, Samgarali, Skultubo versus number one, Dinamo Batumi. Uh, currently, it's Dinamo that lead by five on goal differential. But once again, just like before, because it's somewhat early in their season, we'll get a chance to get to know these teams or whoever the league leaders are a little bit later on. Let's take a pause and turn things over to Person Noob. It's time for the segment that she brings to us every week of of late, and that is... Eminos, Eminos, Eminos from around the world. Oh, yeah. We still haven't exactly nailed down a melody, have we? But that is the theme song and it will probably never change. All right. So it is the country that is not the state of Georgia in the United States, but the Republic of Georgia. This is about as far north as you typically find these animals. And I will start off by letting everybody know that they are of vulnerable status. And what is the name of the animal that we're going to do? The Malay's Horseshoe Bat. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. M-E-H-E-L-Y apostrophe S. I think he was an Austrian zoologist, but I couldn't find out for sure. If it was that guy, he was a really strange dude. Uh, He was kind of Hitler-ish without the military, believed in a lot of stuff about race. Anyway, but the animal is vulnerable status. Where can you find this special bat that's not doing so great? Uh, It can be found around the Mediterranean West Asia. And then uh, I mentioned that uh, the Republic of Georgia is as far north as they like to go. Why is that? Um, Because they like warmer caves in the winter. Yeah. Now, we don't have a whole lot about this. It's not that different from a number of other bats, but there's a little something interesting about it. But first, let's learn uh, what it looks like and what it likes to eat. What is different about the way it looks compared to some other bats? Um, It's gray white to gray brown with pale lips. Yeah, so the lips are kind of weird looking, and the gray white is a little bit lighter than you'll see on a lot of bats. Um, I think that is not a big deal for its hunting because it doesn't hunt at night. It likes to fly low to the ground uh, at dusk is when it hunts. So as the sun's going down, you could probably in some places see dozens or hundreds of these bats all swooping over the hills of the Republic of Georgia. And what are they eating? Insectivore. Yeah, they are an ins- they are insectivores, and, and what do you think that means? Insects. Yep, and only insects. Otherwise, that they would have a different name. Now, there's really one, only one other thing we found in our research that's interesting about this. How do uh, they say blind is a bat as if they don't see terribly well in the way that we see? What do they use, um, you know, to get around and hunt and and not fly into things. Um, echolocation. And what is unique about the echolocation use for this animal? Uh, that the echolocation plays a role in their mating. Tell me more. Um, females tend to choose male with, males with higher frequencies. Oh, I'm glad to hear that because I've got a higher voice. I've got like a narrow throat and a small <laughs> mouth, so I don't tend to have a lot of bass in mind. So, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I guess if I were a if I were a Mealy's or Mahalie's horseshoe bat, I would have been doing better, even better with the lady types. Meow. Oh, and I have disgusted person whom she is going away. Your mom is the only woman I've ever looked at. I promise. Come back. No. <laughs> All right. So what scientists have discovered is that the is that the males they don't get you know they don't they're like I'll take anything. The females are very very. 
um, selective, they will, the healthiest females will go with the males that are having the higher locations. So that's what we know about Melee's Horseshoe Bat. It's going to be awesome. Let's get out with the theme song. That was Aminos from Around the World. Oh, yeah. Around these parts, we listen for the kitty sounder because we never know when one of them is going to suddenly evolve, go red dwarf on us or something. Are you old enough to remember that show? All right. Anyway, let's do a recap of last week's matches. That's what kitties crave. Last week, match number one was a Saturday match for the German Bundesliga. Number four, Union Berlin versus number five, Freiburg. And it was Union Berlin getting a big win, four to two. Freiburg, a guy we said to look for, their star, Vincenzo Grifo. He had a goal and an assist. No change in the table here, but Freiburger, uh, their, Freiburger? Yeah, their hopes for a Champions League slot grew a lot dimmer that particular match. Sunday match number B from the Nicaraguan Primera División. Uh, it is the Clausura Stage Playoff Final. Turns out this was the first leg of a home away two-legged tie. I did not see that originally. Nevertheless, number B, Real Esteli versus number one for the regular season, Dirion Hen. They play to a nil-nil draw. Good luck to both next week when they are playing, or later this week when they are playing the second leg. Match number three from MLS Next Pro, a third-tier team here in the States. Number one, Colorado Rapids two reserve team for the MLS side versus number B in the West, Austin FC two. And the result was a Colorado win one nil. No change in the table there. Match number four, the women's FA cup in England reached its final and Chelsea beat Manchester United one nil. Congratulations on shiny trophiness. Match number five from the OFC that's Oceania football confederation champions league group stage Suva from Fiji. They topped uh, Samoan Lupe Ole Sawaga. No real surprise here. That was a team from the qualifying lower part of the coefficients. 6-0. Wednesday, match number 6 from Major League Soccer. Uh, number 5 in the West, Dallas took on number 7 in Vancouver. Dallas got the home win 2-1. U.S. Men's National Team guy, Jesus Fireira, had a brace that moved Dallas up to 3rd place in Vancouver, right down to the playoff line, number 9. Match number 7 from the UEFA Champions League semifinal. Second leg of the home and away, two-legged tie. Manchester City versus Real Madrid. Oh, Man City put on a masterclass, beating one of the world greats 4-0. That means they won 5-1 on aggregate, advance on to the final. For Manchester City, guy we said to uh, look out for in terms of that he had not been doing very well defensively. Uh, Manuel Akanji, he had a goal for Real Madrid, a guy that we pointed out that had not been playing well recently, person who tried to encourage them with her ukulele playing in last week's episode, wrote them a song encouraging them to do better. It didn't work for David Alaba. Statistically, he had a terrible game in the central defensive role. Match number eight from the FA Cup final in Liechtenstein, FC Baltzers taking on number FC Vaduz, and Vaduz won their billionth in a row, uh, beating Balzers 0-4. Thursday, match number nine from the UEFA Europa League semifinal, second leg of the home and only two-legged tie. Leverkusen from Germany versus Roma. They played to a 0-0 draw. That means Roma advanced to the final, 0-1 on aggregate. 
And finally, match number 10 from UEFA's Europa Conference League once again, the second leg of the home and only two-legged tie in the semifinal. AZ Alkmaar from the Netherlands took on West Ham out of the Premier League, and it was a West Ham win, nil one hammers. The hammers advanced 1-3 on aggregate to the final. And now your three bonus matches with explanations on these coming later. Your route of the week from the South African Premier League was number one Manalodi Sundowns versus number 18 Maritzburg United. They played to a 1-1 draw. The most meaningless match in the world was from Angola's Girobola, number eight. Santa Rita took on number nine CRD Libolo. They played appropriately to a draw. 2-2. No change in the table there. And then finally, your match of disappointed. A couple of sad sack bottom feeders from Guinea's League One. Second to last place, Sunga Rede versus number 14, uh, Satellite FC. And they played once again appropriately to a very painful to watch, I'm sure, for the 18 people that probably went. Nil-nil draw. That concludes your recap of last week's matches. Now, let's get back into the upcoming week's matches with... Match number six. Remember what I said before about not going to Mexico for two different matches, two different leagues? Well, cheating a little bit. We're actually heading back to South Africa for another Saturday match. The other one was in the Champions League. That's the excuse I'm going to give myself. But the South African season is at the very end. And so we want to talk about it as much as we can before it goes away. South Africa's premier is the number four ranked league in all of Africa. Because they're in the top 12, they get to send two of their teams annually to the Champions League. And in this case, their third place team will go to a secondary tournament called the Confederation Cup. It's the last match of the season for these two. It really doesn't make too much of a difference for hosts number seven, Sekukune United. But it's a much bigger deal for number three, Supersport United. Let's uh, take a look at the table. Supersport they trail second place Orlando Pirates by two points in goal differential. So either of them could very easily finish the season in the second spot. Now, unfortunately for Supersport United, Orlando Pirates, uh, they do have a road match, but they get to go to play a weaker team, number 11, Amazulu United. But Amazulu have been sneaky competent this year, even though they're that far down in the table. They've actually got an even goal differential. The problem has been that they've had a ton of draws. And if Orlando can uh, only sneak a point out of this, then a win for Supersport would give them the second place finish and them the second Champions League berth. When these two teams... Played earlier in the season, Supersport won 3-1 to one at home. The series between them won 1-1 one and one in their last three. Let's talk about Sekukune first. They play out of a city in the northeast part of the country called Kempton Park. It's actually not really a city. It's an incredibly large township, 17,000 people strong. It is the largest township in the country. It's actually part of the municipality of Ekurhuleni. The club is named after an early 20th century tribal ruler, by the way, very nationalistic, and I'm not sure he was in power all that long. He came came to power basically in sort of a uh, the equivalent of a military coup, if memory serves. Last year on the field, they finished in 11th place. This year, they've got the second worst offense in the league, but their defense has been carrying them. This is a small ball team. Top five defense giving up less than a goal per match. MVP for this team has been Daniel Cardoso, a defender, veteran, 34 years old, 
Uh, lots of clearances, really tall guy, or at least he's got some ups and because he gets headers galore and he has only been credited as having made one mistake that led to a goal all season long. That's what you're looking for from a central defender. Teams current form, they are 1-2-0 and in their last three. And now the team that we've got a little bit more of a focus on because of the stakes in place for them, the trendsetters or the more popular nickname, the Swanky Boys of Supersport United. I just love some of these nicknames. By the way, Supersport comes from, uh, it's not just a very vague general naming. It's actually the name of a bunch of TV stations or channels over there in South Africa. They play out of the township of Adderidgeville, about 65,000 people. I guess it's really more of a town. It's in the Northeast, but it's part of the administrative capital of the, of the uh, country, uh, Pretoria. Three times they've won the top flight title in South Africa, all of them between 2007 and 2010. Last year, they only finished in the middle of the league, eighth place. This year, pretty well balanced, a little bit stronger on defense. Number three overall goal differential. Second best league player overall, in my opinion, is Sefasile Ndiovu, even though he might have the number one hardest name for me to pronounce on site, plays midfielder for them tons of interceptions. This guy is fast. It also means he is very good at dribbling. I suspect he's on the shorter side and has a low center of gravity because he's also a really good tackler. Team's current form 3-3-0 in their last six with a 6-2 and two low scoring goal differential. Match number seven. The last of our Saturday matches takes us to yet another Continental Confederation. It is Champions League time, the group stage in Oceania. Yeah, the OEFC CL. The Oceania Football Confederation is made up of 11 countries, league associations. Uh, the champions from the bottom four in the seedings for the countries, they had to have a little tournament to determine which one of the four of those teams was going to get into the event proper, basically the final eight. Regarding the other seven countries, their top two finishers in each of their leagues, they had to play off against one another to see who would actually go to the Champions League. So now we've got eight teams left. There are two groups of four. They're playing a single round robin in each group in uh, Vanuatu. And the top two from each group will advance. This is from the last match of the group stage. The one we're going to look at is number three, Solomon Warriors out of the Solomon Islands versus number B, Suva out of Fiji. Uh, Suva currently lead them by four on goal differential. So basically, uh, this is a winner-take-all, although Solomon Warriors would settle for a tie because that would allow them to advance as well. They were originally founded under the name Uncles FC and then also Wantox. Not sure what that is. Who knows? Maybe it's Fijian for Uncles. Who knows? They play out of the capital city of Honiara, Love their crest. It's really unique. It's got a great big sort of haka mask or totem-like figure. Mostly it's, you know, face, head, but it's got these teeny, 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 tiny little feet, and they're so cute. The Solomon League is ranked number three in all of Oceania. They've won seven league titles, all since the 2010-11 season. Uh, S-League, that is the name of their top flight, their teams have twice finished second place in the Champions League. But Solomon Warriors, despite the fact that I'm somewhat familiar with them, is actually not one of those teams. They won their leg last year, by the way, by seven points. Uh, they had the number three offense going, but the number one defense is the only team that was letting in less than a goal per match. Here in the group stage, 
They are 1-0-1 with a 4-4 goal differential. At this level, they really need to be uh, producing more offense. Not that they're necessarily the underdogs here. They are at home. Now we'll talk about Suva. They are known as the Capital City Boys, as Suva is exactly that. They've won four domestic league titles. Last time was 2020. Uh, The Fijian Premier League is ranked number four in Oceania. This team qualified by finishing in second place last year and then had to beat the league champions in the aforementioned playoff stage. 2022-23 season, they're currently in just fifth place out of 10 teams, but they've got two matches in hand on everybody. Looking at their stats, really, uh, they're in the top three, if barely. Well-balanced this year, a little bit better on offense. They're getting two goals per match. Uh, Overall, for this event, they've been better on the offensive side as well. Even though they're from the slightly weaker league, for some reason, I like Suva's chances for this one. Match number eight. One more weekend match to go, and this is our lone Sunday match. We come closer to home, at least if home is where I am, in the CONCACAF region. Talking about Costa Rica, where the top flight is the Primera División, and they are getting ready to have their Clausura stage playoff final. Costa Rica's league, by the way, is ranked number four in all of CONCACAF. In league play, the top four teams made the playoffs. Three teams are going to get to go to the new CONCACAF Central American Cup, which is going to be a feeder tournament for the big one, the CONCACAF Champions League. Now, likely it's going to be the winner from each of the two stages of this season, plus the next best team that didn't win. The question is, and I have yet to see clarification on this, will it be the playoff champions or the regular season champions? I believe it's going to be the playoff champions because I heard a rumor about that in terms of Nicaragua or one of the other Central American countries, but I am not so confident that I would put any money on that. Nevertheless, there's a trophy at stake here. So by gosh, it's high stakes and we're covering it. Now, leg one got played on Thursday of this home and away two-legged tie. So it was too late for me to get that score. But the matchup here in the second leg is between uh, two of the three regular powerhouses in this league, uh, Deportivo Saprissa and Alajuelense. There we go. I almost wanted to put an extra syllable in there or not enough syllables in the word syllable. Oh, well. Saprissa, when they played in the regular season, they had the slight advantage. They won on the road nil-two in the regular season and then earned a 1-1 draw at home. I was able to access pretty long numbers in terms of the series between them. Saprissa have been a little bit better, 32, 24, and 22 over the last bazillion years. All right, Saprissa, they play out of the capital city of San Jose. This is my favorite Costa Rican team and maybe in all of Central America because their mascot is a purple dragon that was based on, uh, as far as its aesthetic features, the dragon from the movie Pete's Dragon, which was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. Aww. Halcyon days of noob's youth. 37 league titles this team has won, and three times they've even won the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, That was all really before the advent of the U.S. getting so strong, because now the Central American teams have to deal with the U.S. and Mexico instead of just the latter. Last one they won was in 2005. They won the CONCACAF League, which is was until last year the feeder tournament for the CONCACAF Champions League, in 2019, so they are still no slouches. 2021 was their most recent international appearance in the CONCACAF Champions League, and they made the round of 16. In the 2022-23 current league season, in the Apertura stage, 
they won their group of six in the regular season and made it all the way to the playoff final before losing. They won the regular season Clausura by nine points over Alajuelense. They were really dominant this stage. And they advanced over the third uh, usual power from this league, Herediano. They were seated fourth, one to four on aggregate. Usually don't see that kind of disparity when two of those three powerhouses are playing one another. They've had an excellent offense, but number one on defense, three quarters of a goal per match on average, and the number one overall goal differential this last stage. Key player to look for, top 10 scorer in the league was seven, Warren Madrigal, just 18 years old. And now Alajuelense, they play out of El Llano, which is a town in the Alajuela district in the central part of the country. And boo, we've actually made it an episode or maybe two without seeing a team called the Lions. I am not a fan. It is so cliche. Now, what really makes me feel ire and rage for them is that their mascot used to be a giant mango. Oh, they need to bring the mango back. This is or was known as the city of mangoes. Oh, I love mangoes. I love mango flavored things. And I want to see a giant mango walking around other than Chris Catan on Saturday Night Live. 30 league titles they've won. Last one was the 2020-21 Clausura stage. They won the predecessor tournament to what is now the CONCACAF Champions League twice, most recently 2004. They won the CONCACAF League in 2020. So they're still getting it done internationally. And this year they made the Champions League's round of 16. In league play last stage, they finished in second place in their group, and then they lost to Saprissa in the playoff semifinal. They're the offensive juggernaut this particular stage, getting uh, well over two goals per match, second best overall goal differential. Therefore, a key figure to look for, the number one league scorer, and by a fair bit, uh, Johan Venegas, veteran, 34 years old, 16 goals, and yes, Major League Soccer fans, especially in the north of our region, that's the same guy that played for Minnesota United and what is now Club de Foot Montreal. They advanced to the final over third seeded. Uh, I want to get this right. Carti. <laughs> I'm going to see Cartagines and do a really American uh, Cartagines. There we go. Get my emphasis on the right syllable. Two to five on aggregate. Goodness. Match number nine. Wow, what a chock-full weekend, especially Saturday. You've earned a couple of days off from the tracking in the main 10 matches, but we get back to it on Wednesday where we have made a selection for what FA Cup final we're going to pay attention to. There are a ton of them, particularly all over Europe and a couple scattered across other parts of the world. The one that we're going to talk about briefly is the one in Croatia. The top 16 ranked clubs in the country plus 32 county cup winners all got to participate. So what I think that means is that some of the teams in the lower part of the second division didn't get to play. Kind of strange. The winners of this event, they get to go to the Europa Conference League. This match is being played at a neutral site in the city of uh, Raika. The matchup is Hajduk split, something of a perennial power, versus last place in the top division right now, and that's why we picked it, Shibanik. In the 2022-23 current Croatian first league, uh, Hajduk split. It's close enough to the end of the season. We know mathematically that they are in second place. 
Two matches left in the season. They will start in the Europa Conference League's third qualifying round. That is a given. Meanwhile, Shivadek, they're in last place out of the 10 teams. As I mentioned, they trail number nine, Gorica, by two in the table. They've got the worst goal differential by almost 200%. So this is definitely your candidate to go down. I would say that they're going to be the team that gets to play internationally next year that isn't in a top flight, but, and I suspect this had to do uh, with their stadium, and it's not unusual in Europe or across the world, they can't go to the Europa Conference League even if they win because they fail to get a UEFA license. Again, probably due to their stadium. And that's all you're going to get out of me for this particular one. I think that's enough. At least that's what my tummy says, because this is the time of show where noobs tumbly gets a little rumbly. I get hungry. And that means it's time for us to take a culture break, which nine times out of 10 doesn't mean art or architecture or other things that it could. It means food. And we're going to look at a Croatian recipe from uh, the city where one of the two matches is, uh, the city of Split, or where one of the two teams is from. There's no such thing purely as Croatian cuisine. The parts that are near the coast, because of the seafood, obviously, and more Italian influence, is night and day different from what happens uh, furthermore inland. Split is a coastal country, so we are going to look at uh, a risotto. Now, you might be thinking, oh, a seafood risotto, why that sounds lovely, and maybe this will to you. But this one isn't purely mussels or fish or clams. We're going to look at sirni, which I believe means black riso, or risho, which is risotto, black risotto. That's because it involves squid. A very quick list of the ingredients. I won't go into amounts. You can Google up your own recipe if you really want to make it. The one that I found that looks the best or most interesting includes calamari or squid and cuttlefish, amongst other things, as well as prawns. And you want to get those unpeeled. You're going to need at least three three liters of water, lots of it, if you're going to make a standard uh, amount for this one. Uh, large diced onions, virgin olive oil, garlic, white wine, uh, white rice. Carnaroli is the best uh, textured one if you can get it, the most uh, authentic, if you will. Salt, pepper, two tablespoons of something called uh, vegeta. Uh, you're going to need butter and chopped parsley. Let's get real quick into the instructions. Close your eyes, let your imagination go. Unless you don't want your imagination to go for part of this. You'll find out what I mean momentarily. And I mean in the very first step. Remove and save the sack of ink from the squid without breaking it. Yeah, guess what you're going to do with that? They call it black risotto for a reason. You're going to put it all over that rice eventually. It's going to be a glossy, shiny, to my westernized, nasty black color. I'll be honest, it did not look appetizing to me, but I'm adventurous. I would eat it, although it helps that I looked it up and uh, found out that the, the taste of the ink, just due to the amount of uh, you know salt water that a squid absorbs, that that ink, it basically just adds kind of a salty, briny taste to the whole thing. Anyway, so you remove that sack. Uh, you're gonna clean the squid, cuttlefish, cut them into small pieces, place all that stuff and the prawns while they're still in their shells into a saucepan. Pour the water over, bring to a boil. Then drain the seafood, but keep it warm. Don't get rid of the stock. Okay, now you can peel the prawns there, separately. Fry some onions and olive oil until they are completely clear. Then you're going to add your garlic and cook for another minute. 
add the wine, add about half of that stock that you're supposed to save, allow that to boil. Now you will add your rice. Then you'll do your seasoning with salt, pepper, uh, baguette, cook it for about 10 minutes on medium heat, stir it a little bit. Then you add the rest of the stock. This is a very fairly watery recipe. Add the stock, the prawns, the ink, the calamari or squid, and the cuttlefish. It only needs about another oh, 12 minutes on low heat, basically until the rice looks cooked. Add even more water if it looks like it needs it. Be sure not to overcook the rice. It needs to be firm. You don't want it to be gooey. Bad enough you've got the squid in there and the ink. Don't need more gooeyness. Mix in the butter, sprinkle it with a little parsley, and serve. Or if you don't like the way it looks, you can just throw it right away. But at least now you learned something that you didn't know before about Croatian cuisine and a little something about a tasty, adventurous dish that you can try making on your own. Or if you live in a big enough metropolis, just go to a Croatian restaurant. Every single one, from what I read multiple places, is guaranteed to have this very national dish. And match number 10, we're done. Finally! Thank you for your patience, daughter dears. Yes, we have finally reached match number 10, which takes us to the U.S. Open Cup, the American version of the FA Cup, which has reached its round of 16. Not a lot of upsets left to happen. There are all the local qualifiers and third and fourth division teams have long since been knocked out. In the 16, there are only two USL championship or second division teams remaining. By the way, a reminder that the winner of this event gets a CONCACAF Champions League berth. I think the reason that the Major League Soccer teams are taking this so seriously. Your matchup involves Pittsburgh Riverhounds from the USL Championship getting to play host to Columbus Crew. Now, it had been my intention to write a wacky bit about uh, that was going to be completely fictional about why they were called the River Hounds, but I just couldn't put my finger on how I really wanted to approach that. They actually wanted to be the River Dogs, but it was like a minor league, I want to say baseball team in South Carolina that already had that, and so I don't know if they were worried about legal action or just didn't want to be uh, copycats. Uh, no pun intended, before they decided to be the Riverhounds Pittsburgh. Uh, for time constraints, I did not end up researching your team this particular time. I'm going to remove right on to Columbus. Uh, so sorry. If you win, I promise we'll hit you again in the next round. There's your motivation. I mean, what else would possibly do? Columbus crew, they are coming to town. Pittsburgh won uh, the random draw to get to host it. Columbus won this event back in 2002. Last year, they went out in the third round. As far as league play, they have won the MLS Cup or overall playoff championship twice. Last time was 2020. They advanced over a uh, perennially poor USL championship team last round, Loudoun United. They got a really great draw. They had to play them on the road, but it's still really, uh, they didn't couldn't put up much of a fight. They're basically a DC United reserve team, I think. Currently, they are in fifth place in uh, Major League Soccer's Eastern Conference. Uh, the defense is okay. The offense is really good. They're almost getting two goals per match. That has them second best in the conference. They are tied for having the best goal differential. Pittsburgh's going to have a tough road to hoe here, even at home. 
Uh, league number one player statistically is Lucas Zellerian, they're an Armenian attacking midfielder. They've been waiting for him to have a big giant breakout here like this. He's been good, a little bit inconsistent, but now playing truly great. Already in the season, five goals, three assists, and he's a really great dribbler to boot. So there's no role in the offense he's not playing. He was actually an all-star two years ago, so maybe it's not fair of me to say that this is his true breakout year, but uh, his stats are off the charts this year. One other player I want you to look out for if you find an internet stream for this. On the defensive side, second best in blocks in the league per game is their Australian center back, Milos Degenic or Degenic. I'm not sure which. Oh, but I forgot. He's injured until late July. But at least you've learned his name. And learning is half the battle or something like that. Team's current form, they are 2-0-1 across all competitions in their last three. Bring forth the bonus matches. First of all, thank you to everybody who takes the time to vote on our polls on Twitter that I put up at the beginning of every week for these three unique bonus matches. Soccer Noob USA is my handle there. We use your votes to determine what the content is going to be. Our first bonus match is a first versus last place matchup that we dramatically call the route. Route, 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 of, 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 the week, 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 week. And this is a bit of a unique situation for it. We'll get into the whys in a moment. You have selected a Sunday match, God bless you, from the Belarusian Premier League, which is just the one I wanted. They're ranked just number 40 in all of UEFA. Only their champion will go to the Champions League, two teams to the Europa Conference League round or tournament, rather, on the other end of the spectrum, equally relevant. The last-place team will be automatically relegated. The second-to-last-place team at the end of the season will have to face off against a second-division team in what's called a relegation playoff match if they want to stay up. This is another European Summer League. They're about a third of the way through the season. Your matchup, number one, Dinamo Minsk versus number 13, Energetic Dash BGU. Now, uh, Dinamo, they currently lead Torpedo Zodino, one of my favorite names, by four points in the table. Uh, Energetic, they lead number 14, Shakhtar Sologorsk, by one. Uh, they trail number 12, Balshina Babruisk, by seven. So they've got a little bit of ground to make up, albeit plenty of season to do that in. The series between these two recently, uh, Dinamo have been the superior team with a 5-2-1 record. We'll talk about them first. They are the only team in this league that played in the top league in the Soviet days in the Soviet Union. They are one of only two Belarusian teams to reach the Europa League group stage, and they did that in 2015-16. No team from this country has done it in the Champions League yet. They've won the league's title seven times, but the last time was 2004, so here's a chance for them to get back on top for the first time in nearly two decades. Uh, this year, they made the second qualifying round of the Europa Conference League due to a high finish last year. This year, they're looking like the dominant side, number one offense, and then tied for the number one defense. They're scoring over two and a third goals per matches, have the number one goal differential by a factor of uh, 2.5 nearly. Number one league scorer is theirs to boast of, seven on the season already. That is Vladislav Morosov, 22-year-old native player. This is his first Division I team, but he already actually already has 
a couple of national team appearances, interestingly. Team's current form, they've won two straight with a 5-0 goal differential. And now, to be honest, the real reason that I was glad that uh, you all picked this one, uh, Energetic or Energetique-BGU, they also play out of Minsk. Young team, they were founded in 1996. Last three years were their first ones in the top flight since 2005. Uh, they're known officially as the students, but they've got a bull on their crest. Very large, very prominent. By the way, the BGU in their name basically stands for Belarusian, uh, Belarusian State University. Now, this team would be in 11th place, not in second to last place, if it weren't for the fact that they just didn't get docked a whopping 20 points by their national FA or their league association. I don't know which. And next year, if they're in the top flight, or maybe no matter which league they're in, they're going to have to start the year at negative 10 points. Uh, basically what happened is uh, Shakhtar Sologarsk and this team, their club officials did a bunch of bribing of other teams trying to fix things for gambling purposes. Now, I haven't read about any of the energetic players being suspended. I think the problems are going to come with bans for the club officials, especially for Shakhtar. They actually lost 30 points. They're one of your two perennial powerhouses. They'd be in third or fourth place right now. But getting docked 30, I mean, that's basically telling a team, we really want you to get relegated. Yet it won't surprise me if they're able to get just high enough to avoid it. Time will tell. As far as energetic, uh, their defense is, you know, is average for this league. The offense is actually a bit of a problem. They are tied for 13th in that regard. This was not a team that was going to compete for the title by any stretch. They were probably going to finish in the bottom 10. They do have a key player in their team leading scorer with two. And that's Ilya Grishchenko. He is from Russia, just 22 years old. Team's current form, they just snapped a four-match win streak uh, by beating FC Minsk 1-0. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring. We ask, what other soccer podcast out there has the heart, the goodness to shine a light on two clubs that probably nobody else is from somewhere in the world, smack dab in the middle of their table, or at the very least equidistant, from the glory of finishing near the top and getting an international tournament berth, berth but safe from the relegation zone, not too near the bottom of their league. Yes, indeed, the match of disappointed is what we should all aspire to be like. I don't even know what that means. Anyway, you voted for a Sunday match, and we're finally on the women's side of the ball. Please don't take this. Even my inclusion of uh, there were several women's teams, actually, in many of the polls, if memory serves. This is the one you all voted for. It's not because it's a female league. We, I love women's football. As somebody who's trying to learn the game, it's actually a little easier for me to follow for some reason. Anyway, the match you voted for is from the top flight in Sweden, which is called the Damosvenskan Liga. It's the sixth-ranked league in all of Europe. They just got passed by Italy for that position. Two of their teams will get go to go to the Champions League second qualifying round, which is the final qualifying round, and then one will have to start in the first of the two qualifying rounds. On the other end of the spectrum, two teams will get relegated. One will have a chance to survive in a relegation playoff match. There are only six matches into this season, so a lot of things can happen. But right now, these are your two candidates for 
kick back, relax, and just let the world flow by. Number eight, IFK Norchopping versus number seven, uh, it looks like Vitzjo or Vitzio, but I believe it's pronounced Vitra, G-I-K. Vitra, they lead Norchopping by three. They trail number three, Hamarbi, which is the last team that would get international berth, or Hamarbi, rather, by five. Norchopping, meanwhile, they read, lead number 13, Broma Pokerna. I didn't even see how many points it was. I think it was like six. I got so into making sure I had the pronunciation donated correctly in my notes, I forgot to write down the number of points. Suffice it to say that for the moment, both of these teams are very safe from having anything good or bad dramatically happen. Norchopping, very interesting city name. Their nickname is Beijing. I don't recall the name, but there was an early 20th century traveler from the country who, when he was in China, learned that Beijing or Peking meant northern city. Well, that's what Norchopping means. But what's ironic about that is it's actually in the southern quarter of the country, just barely, kind of near the east coast, about 100,000 people. The city also used to be named, nicknamed Manchester after the one in England because, like Manchester, they used to be known for their textile production. The club is moderately young, not too unusual for a women's side, 2009. Last year, they were in the second division and got promoted. So good on them for being good enough to be in this match so far and not the bonus match we'll get to after this. You'll see what I mean if we're new. And yes, this is their first time in Division One. And their stats pretty much say they are who they are. Uh, it's a fairly high-scoring league. They've only got the seventh-best offense, but they're almost getting two goals per match. On the scoring leaderboard with four already is Sarah Kanut Fornes from Norway. She's a striker, just 21 years old. Got to wonder if one of the less northern European countries will uh, make a move for her before too long, perhaps in uh, Denmark or Germany. Teams current form, they are three, or rather they started the season 3-1-0, and and yet then they lost their last four. What an interesting and bad uh, turn of their state of affairs. They've only scored one goal over that losing streak. And now Vitra. That is a city in the south-central part of the country, or kind of a township. It's really a village of a couple thousand people. Uh, the municipality they're in is called uh, Hasselholm, which has a population of 20,000. Tons of manufacturing here, especially wood and metal is what the area is known for. Not right in the town proper, but in the overall district. Last year, they finished in sixth place in this league, so they're on par for that again. Their defense is a little bit better than their offense. They're giving up almost two goals per match, but for this league, that's borderline acceptable. Now, it's worth noting that there's a real stat gap uh, between the two halves of the league. I don't think there's much chance for uh, Vitro to really, or rather IFK and Norchopping to win this game. Uh, they seem to be the best of the rest, whereas Vitro seem to be uh, the worst of the teams uh, that are definitely going to finish in the top half of the league if all these statistics hold. Key player to look forward, number uh, with two assists on the year so far, is Yuta Rantala. She's from Finland, plays forward for them. Interesting history for her. She debuted in the Finnish top flight at 14 years old, played there a long time. When she was 22, she was their league's leading scorer. And we've got a USA connection here. I wasn't able to find much about the player, but they do have a midfielder who is officially listed as American, and that is Moa Carlson. Team's current form, 
uh, they just had a draw, and that snapped a three-match win streak. And now we reach the true end of our podcast road as we take a look at two cellar dwellers who are worthy of nothing but ire and score. This is the match of... Disappointed! And we finally hit a Friday match to start out your week in disappointing fashion. It is from... Uh, the other white meat league, as I like to call it, the Austrian Bundesliga, as opposed to the one from Germany. Uh, I don't think that's politically incorrect. It's fine. This is a 10th ranked league in all of Europe. Five of their teams will get to go to various European tournaments. On the more relevant side of things, one team will get relegated, and that is all. It's not that big a league. Uh, there are just three matches left in the season, so time is running out for Number 11, Reed, and number 12, last place, Reindorf Altak. Reed lead Altak currently by six on goal differential. Yes, they are basically uh, tied in the table and equally putrid. The pair of them, they trail number 10, WSG T-Roll, by six in the table. So, yeah, it's looking like a mathematical certainty that one of these two is the one that, no, it is a mathematical certainty. One of these two is going down. They've already played each other three times this season. Uh, they've already played at Alltalk twice, and uh, Alltalk only went 0-1-1 there. Uh, Reed actually lost the match at their place to him 1-2. Series between these two has been pretty even, as you would expect, 9-6-8 over the recent seasons. Reed, the city that they play out of, the full name is Reed M. Einkreis. Uh, that is in the north-central part of the country in the Alpine foothills. Gorgeous area, about 12,000 people there. Uh, those who are into outdoor skiing may know this name because this is where the famous Fisher Ski Factory is. They came back to Division One after a few years down in the second flight, uh, as yes, in 2020-21. 2011-12 season, they made their only modern European international appearance, earned their way to the second qualifying round of the Europa League. Last year, they finished in 10th place. Should have been relegated. I wonder why they were up. I think maybe they shrunk the league. There might have been 12 teams last year, and that I think about it. Anyway, this year, they are tied for worst on offense, not even getting a goal per match. The defense is average, but that can only take you so far. They've got the second-worst goal differential. Rather than look at key players in a good way, we're going to look at the MDP, most disappointing player, and that is the worst of their regular starters, Center back Marcus Lackner, in my opinion, for a guy his height, six foot four, uh, doesn't get a lot of clearances. He's a poor passer for the position, only about successful in about 75%. Usually, when you're a central defender, yeah, it's not like you're uh, dishing out a lot of long balls, you're making short passes to midfielders. Team's current form, they are winless in their last nine, but get this. One one two two four four one 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 one. They have five straight draws to their credit, so they are trying to inch their way almost literally to safety. And now Reindorf Alltag, oh, uh, one of the worst crests I've ever seen because I, I'm used to seeing plenty of sponsorships on the jerseys or kits. What I'm not used to seeing is especially so prominently on the crest itself is their corporate sponsor, Betting House Cash Point. Beyond tacky. Now, that said, a very disappointing Alltech is in a really cool part of the country. It's the far, 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 far west. It's actually 
uh, in some ways more Swiss than it is uh, Austrian. In fact, there was a point in uh, somewhat recent history that something like 80% of the people voted to actually try to secede and join Switzerland, but Switzerland wasn't all that interested. Back to the pitch. Twice they've made the Europa League, uh, most recently 2017-18. They made the playoff round both times that they've been there. That is the round right before the group stage or event proper. Last year, yeah, they finished in 11th place. Uh, this year, tied for worst on offense, very worst on defense. In a league where there's uh, scoring isn't prominent, they're giving up one and three quarters goals per match. Their worst regular starter, in my opinion, has been the goalkeeper, and that is Tino Casale. I normally don't like to pick on the goalkeepers because they've got such a tough job Try to find the worst outfield player, but he only had one clean sheet in the entire first phase of the season. I don't understand how you... Uh, don't end up playing for your second team, putting up that kind of performance. Most disappointing, and they very much need you to do better. And because of that, and for a variety of these pu- reasons for these putrid stinkers, rather than wishing, rather than wish them good luck and good fortune, here at the end of the podcast, we will heckle and shoo them away in our traditional fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get them away. Hey, boo. boo! And that is it for Soccer Noob Rocket America, episode 136, World Match Mini Previews Podcast. Yes, thank you very much to he who is known as the management for all of his editing and production wizardry, to Dan, the former Interno Inferno, whose creative efforts remain on fire as always, to my new little sixth grader, even though she hasn't technically started sixth grade yet, she graduated fifth grade, and that is how she wishes to be known. My daughter, Persanu, thank you so much. Very proud of you for everything you accomplished in school this year. So proud of how you did academically, even more proud of how you just have the best reputation for getting along with absolutely everyone, even other people who don't get along with one another. You've got an ability to be friends with everybody that I think most of us should envy. And thank you, most of all, to you for finding the show, listening. We appreciate it. If you found us unique, if you've enjoyed it, we hope that you will pass our name along to your footy-minded friends. Until we do it again in a few days, please have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care.